on this episode, I have Nura with me, and it was such an absolute joy to have her on the episode. Nura Rochelle is an intuitive astrologer who draws from many knowledge branches, including evolutionary, esoteric, and traditional Western methods for deepening self-awareness and dancing with the celestial flow. She integrates energy, healing, yogic principles, intuitive skill building in her consulting and educational work. Embodiment of purpose and everyday soul realization is at the core of Nura's offerings, and her focus on simplicity and daily ritual grounds cosmic wisdom and clarity of action. We have such a beautiful, unstructured conversation between the two of us. We discuss different pieces in astrology, layers of healing, some of the current transits, north and south nodes, both lunar and within Venus and Mars, integrating and embodying the divine feminine and divine masculine, polarities and dualities, elements in our chart, power of presence and the healing journey and oh my gosh we touch on so many things we bounce around and then we come back to astrology you might want to take some notes during this episode to take with you when you go to explore your own birth chart and current transits welcome to the a nourishing place podcast my name is kelly newton i'm a self-love mindset and manifestation coach here to empower motivate create community and remind you of how powerful you are I will be bringing you interviews, tools, and resources all revolved around mindset, self-love, money, spirituality, manifestation, and so much more. I'm so excited that you're here today. Let's get started. Hi, Nara. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm still fairly new to astrology myself, and I'm really excited for what we're going to talk about. Yes, me too. Thank you so much for having me here. If you want to talk a little bit about like what you do to start, that would be awesome. Sure. So I'm an intuitive astrologer. I focus on esoteric, evolutionary, and just a blending of different modalities. I also teach yoga. I'm a mom. I've studied herbalism. So I do a whole bunch. And I try to bring all of the, these different modalities into readings and teaching. And I've just been really walking this embodied astrology path. And how can I bring all of this big ideas, this abstract sometimes um, information and wisdom, and how can I bring it down into my body to be practically applicable in my daily life? And also um, really walk my talk too. Like it's not just living in my head, but really living in my heart and um, just being of service how I can be. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I know you share a lot on your Instagram and um, even in like, I I discovered your, a while back, your uh, videos for like the full year, you know, you had everyone signs and did like a transit. So are you going to do that for next year? I am. Yes. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I'll look forward to that. Uh, make sure I'll, I'll make sure I share that too, when it comes up and all this will be linked in the bio to the show notes. Well, I mean, the first thing I learned was my North and South nodes. That was, I mean, of course I know my, my sun, my moon, my rising, you know, I know those signs, um, but learning the North and South nodes uh, really did help me. Yeah, that's a huge one. I know for so many people that tends to be a mind blowing entry point into there's a journey here. Like I, right. I'm coming in from something and I'm trying to learn something. So now I have a sense of direction or a sense of purpose. And and so much of it made sense where I was like, oh, I already knew that or oh, I are, I'm already doing that or oh, here I could embody this more and then it would connect with this. And so I found that really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I love it too. I know that was absolutely mind blowing for me. And like 
we were even talking about before, when you start to see the people in your life, like your parents, like I, for example, was born exactly 19 years after my parents. So I have the same nodal axis as my parents. I was born to teen parents. <laughs> but kind of seeing that, that trajectory and how like, oh, we're actually working on the same themes. We're doing it differently, different houses, different areas of our lives, but we're still um, unpacking and um, processing a lot of the same stuff. And we're all endeavoring into something. And then me and my daughter have the opposite. Like, I had her when I was 27 going through my nodal reversal. And so she has the opposites of me. And I, I tend to view when we have opposite nodal axes as those in our lives, it's like we're teaching each other something like what she's really good at, I'm leaning more into and what I tend to feel really good at, she's leaning more into. So it, it kind of creates a nice um, synthesis and balance. I tend to see that a lot in families. That's so interesting. I know we were talking about that too. Like my husband and I have opposites as well. And it was really helpful to even just realize that and then talk about it and be like, this is why I do this. And like, you know, so anyways, but yeah. I know you had also mentioned to me about there being, cause I just know, I just knew like North node, South node of my moon. Right. Yes. But there's, you you were saying that there's other North and South nodes with different planets. Yes. Yeah, so every planet except for the sun has a nodal axis and they're not all going to be 180 degrees apart like they are for the moon. That's unique okay. because of the moon's trajectory and orbit around the earth. But so Mercury has a north and south node, Venus, Mars, all the way down to Pluto. And the outer planets, since their orbit is so long, like Pluto takes 248 years-ish to go through all of the 12 signs. So his nodes are very, very slow. So for example, everybody wow. right now has south node of Pluto in Capricorn, north node of Pluto in Cancer. So that is always interesting to think of too. Like what is the sort of collective evolutionary yeah which is Pluto really kind of holds that down. Um, and then same with Neptune, Uranus, there are collective influences there. So this is almost kind of um, a nice, uh, almost more detailed way of understanding what it is that we're collectively moving through and healing and clearing. So Pluto, for example, in Capricorn right now has been conjunct his own South node, really bringing up all of the deepest undercurrents of shadow of society. So, you know, in case you've been living under a rock and haven't been, right. <laughs> <laughs> been going on, that's very Pluto influence. <laughs> so how much longer do we have Pluto? You said Capricorn, right? Yes, yeah, Pluto in Capricorn. Um, he'll be shifting into Aquarius, but his nodes will still be in Capricorn for, okay. I actually don't know the, the date on that off the top of my head, right. but um, a long time. <laughs> but at least we'll be starting to shift into Pluto in Aquarius um, yeah. into 2023, <laughs> which feels really exciting. I, I feel like, especially since that recent um, Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius in 2020, like we started to feel that like, okay, we're awakening, like things are speeding yeah. up moving towards this this process like that we can all feel that is happening but it almost feels like we've been in, in this sort of energetic limbo like we're maybe mm -hmm. in between two worlds kind of thing but I have a feeling once Pluto shifts into Aquarius something's going to shift from the foundation and once that foundational shift happens everything above it has no choice but to move so it almost feels like that that final thing will click in a little bit more. So Pluto will enter Aquarius in 2023, and then he'll retrograde back into Capricorn for a couple months, and then officially into Aquarius in 2024, there to stay for the next um, decade plus. Okay, I am looking forward to that, I will say. I have definitely felt that kind of in-between, and I just was getting chills when you were talking, and I'm like, oh, yes, I can't wait, okay. <laughs> 
No. Um, <laughs> so I'm just like, hey, I'm learning so much. Okay. I uh, didn't fully like come up with questions since I really don't have a direction um, because I don't <laughs> know that much. So I'm like, I'm learning with, with all the listeners. Um, well, you mentioned the word retrograde. So I kind of want to like, I know everyone's always said Mercury and retrograde, Mercury and retrograde. And um, I use that time as like a gift to not just like, oh, my computer's not working. It's Mercury and retrograde. I hear that like so much. Um, and I'm like, no, like there's so many opportunities here. Like let's, yeah, let's, let's not like make it out to be so horrible. But um, I know you were saying that Gemini is in retrograde for, no, not, is that right? Gemini? No. So we have Mars in Gemini Being right in now. Gemini. Yeah. yeah. And Mars is about to station retrograde within the next coming weeks. And then he'll be in Gemini all the way until March of 2023. So that's actually a really long time for, for any planet really to be in that length of time, especially an inner planet. So Mars, our action language, he's also the emissary of the divine masculine. And in Gemini, it's really coming through our thoughts, our opinions, our perspectives, and Retrograde energy always invites refunctioning. You can think of all the re words like revisioning, refunctioning, repurposing. Okay. I'm just thinking about this a little differently. I want to do Gemini differently. That's a very like if you if you're even just a beginner to astrology and you even have some keywords of what Gemini represents. It's air, it's communication, it's conversation, it's perspective, it's navigating duality and polarity. If you even just have that to anchor and oh, how can I do that differently? that can really help support you in this Mars in Gemini transit. And when he goes retrograde, a lot of the things maybe you've done or have been more attached to in your mind, you might start to feel they, they unravel a little bit, but it's not a bad thing, right? Like that unraveling, it's like the self undoing or the ego undoing. It's like things I was attached to that I thought I knew that I thought were the way to do things, you know, the way to take action. Well, I'm just going to get a little bit more information and, and maybe it's going to come from a more intuitive place rather than from my mind. And um, it, it's a really, it's a really big time to, I would say, focus on embracing more wholeness, like more unity rather than like, it's black or white. Like it's this or that, this side, that side. Right. And, and that's really that that's the collective opportunity. Obviously not everybody's going to take that opportunity and, and like do something with it. But um, I imagine if you're listening to this, you are probably somebody who, is you know active in personal development and and doing your best to be an active listener doing your best to have these i call them quantum conversations it's like if you're able to talk about the hard thing usually everything else it, it will move so much energy can move when you can um, face face those difficult conversations and that's kind of the mars and gemini because mars is the warrior it's like if, if i can go into a space that's kind of scary to talk about but then i go there with boldness with with strength also with an open heart like oh my gosh how much can change how much can shift so i really see this as a huge opportunity but that's also how i feel about retrogrades in general they're always these right. opportunities just look at things differently right well, I also too, like with the conversation piece, it's like, yeah, even having the conversations with yourself, the hard conversations with you, mm -hmm. um, you know, and facing oh, yeah. going into the shadow, what needs to come out, what needs to be healed here. 
Um, I think the hardest conversations we have are those we have with ourselves and the different parts of ourselves. Like I I love looking at the chart as the committee, as these different parts of ourselves that are all talking to each other, um, kind of like having a board meeting, the leadership meeting, and they're all just different parts. And sometimes different voices are given more weight than others. And that comes down to our patterning, our conditioning. And there's always an opportunity to lean more into the different voices that we haven't maybe been listening to. And that's, we were talking about this a little bit before, but that is what I think is central to this balance between masculine and feminine. It's especially if you're more conditioned into one side or just in your chart, if you have more of the masculine or yang archetypes, you're going to lean more into listening to those voices of leadership and, and take more action from right. those voices versus, oh, I'm, I'm going to choose to lean into these feminine or yin parts of my chart. And so this is where it comes down to um, the integration piece, which I think astrology is. Astrology is integrating polarities. It's said that if you want to do conscious evolution, you simply look to the opposite point to balance out the shadow. So if you're saying okay. um, experiencing some sort of shadow with, I don't know, do, do you have, is there an archetype that comes to mind? You're like, oh, this one's tricky. Oh, like a, like a feminine archetype or just like within anyone. anyone. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I, oh, this came up yesterday. The lover uh, mm-hmm. is one of them, but um, that I'm struggling with um that's you know working through but also just for me it is just kind of coming out of the masculine not fully but to balance it with the feminine I think I'm over you know and I am a Gemini Leo Leo those are masculine signs right yeah so (laughs) I've like again with the Gemini and the polarity and the balance I feel like I really want to embody more of my feminine aspects and qualities and I'm kind of I'm definitely being guided that way that the universe being very obvious about it <laughs> so yeah so it's I mean I think we all are and we're all gonna have our our initiations <laughs> like the things that are gonna come up that are gonna be really hard yep. for us and this is what we get to do in this beautiful work that we do like coaching is just really essentially you know walking each other home like we're on this journey too exactly yeah <laughs> it's like everyone's I know people you know have their thoughts like thinking that like I mean I even thought this too like oh my coach or my mentors are like way leaps and bounds beyond me like no they're just like a few steps ahead of me on the path like it's not like they're or even next to me or sometimes like they're behind in certain you know behind me in certain areas it's not like a it's not like a A forward backward type of thing yeah it's not even linear it's like a it's like a loops and spirals and shapes and and where we are isn't really even in conjunct with anyone else because where we are is just where we are so like exactly yeah and as a coach it's like yeah it doesn't mean I'm I'm fully uh perfected and healed because I don't think that's possible so (laughs) exactly yeah and so so say you have that strength of the Gemini and the Leo well then if you felt like sometimes you were overcompensating like leaning into those to the detriment of what might be on the other side which would be Sagittarius and Aquarius in this case, those are all masculine signs, but they can still help you balance it out. So we could even take it back to like a more simple place is just look at the elements. So the elements, fire and air are the masculine or yang. Um, I don't want to be limiting in my language, but it's just that masculine in the sense of like, it's about action, about doing productivity, external focus. And then the yin or the feminine signs are all the water and earth signs. So they're what is um, sort of creating the shape 
of things. If you think even about um, water and earth, it's this energy that wants to be fluid, right? Like the water, it wants to be able to kind of just fall apart and, and like be what it is in the moment. You need a pretty solid, safe container. You need that strong earth, right? So the earth really can mm-hmm. hold itself in that sense. It can hold the water. But then in order to do something with that, maybe if you want to channel it, you kind of, you need the masculine. Maybe you need the fire to say like, I'm going to penetrate my consciousness into this space and I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to intend it. I'm going to use it in a certain way. And that's really how the masculine and the feminine work together so well and so even noticing like in your charts you have more of the water or earth or the air or the fire are you pretty balanced in all four a lot of times I notice people have three really strong elements and then one of them will be kind of missing or there will only be like one part of their chart that has that and and then it almost becomes like oh that missing part is what you're searching for and then you almost tend to search for that in other people like in the people in your lives, because we're not here to yeah. be alone, right? Like, right, we- yeah. <laughs> they kind of like make it more of a round, well-rounded. I've seen that like within human design where it's like someone said, oh, go be by this person because they can complete your gate or whatever, you know? And I find it so fascinating. Oh my gosh, yes. I love human design. That is really one of my current fascinations is seeing um, how the charts, how astrology charts vibe with human design, because Ooh. there's certain things that I've just been noticing. Like I, I like to look at the human design chart and I'm, um, I'm definitely more of a novice in that space, but even just understanding the authority. So like I learned, for example, I'm an emotional authority. I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> and there's different waves within the emotional. Have you seen the waves? Yes. yes it's in it. Uh- it supports I'm like okay this is this is magic and I feel like that's similar to looking at transits too in in our charts and then even understanding uh you know a a dynamic like our moon plus our lunar nodes like this is the trajectory and sort of how we hope how we sort of do our emotional processing um it's it's amazing to see all of the syntheses of these uh, beautiful beautiful modalities I love it well I would just really love to know you're an emotional what manifester Okay. My husband's a splenic manifester and I'm a sacral generator and we've got, um, our nephews and they're both emotional authorities. So we don't understand that at all in that sense. Cause we're both really body oriented, emotional generator and emotional manifesting generator. So we've got like a wide variety going on. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. My husband's an emotional manifesting generator and I definitely notice it with both of us. And then my daughter, I don't remember what hers is, but she's a generator and she has so much energy. That is, has been one of the things that I've noticed so strong. I'm like, yep, I have energy up to a point and then I need to completely go away and go yeah. be in my, no, my own space. <laughs> it's so helpful to know. And I think the same was with astrology too, because my husband is the same, right? Like he is a manifester and like he will burn himself out. I sometimes I'm like, please stop. You know, and he's getting a lot better at being like, I need to take a nap now, or I'm going to go lay down, or I need alone time. And then I'm a lot better at being like, okay, great, go do that, please. You know, and, and even with like the Manny, the Manny gens, like, um, oh, at first I was like, oh man, he's jumping around a lot. He's into this, he's into that. Oh no, what does that mean? Like as a parent, you know, and then I'm like, okay, first of all, it doesn't matter no matter what. But I was like, secondly, he's just doing his thing. Like, this is who he is. And he, he gets super into like fish tanks for like six months. And then he's like, I'm done now. Because he's mastered it and he's moved on. Like, you know, the managers are these really. Oh yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. When I think about it. Yeah. And then, so looking at it in the chart too, like I tend to think of the Venus and the Mars as the 
Venus as what we attract in our magnetism and our frequency and, and sort of that, that yin expression. And then Mars is how we act, our action language. And I have noticed that there tends to be a correlation with, with the human design and then Venus and Mars. And I know there's probably way more depth to this and people have studied this in depth, but this is just where I am with it. And it's just fascinating. And what, oh gosh, you were just saying something so good, but I think around that, um, just the, the balance and being able to flow. Oh yes, this is what it is. Like most of the time I notice most of us tend to be in our masculine because that's what has been necessary in our culture. Yeah. Right. And yep, yep, that yep. ability to take a nap or that ability to take rest is something that I think we need to give ourselves more permission to do. It's like, even if we know it on a mental level, it, there's patterns and it's so deeply ingrained that um, sometimes we need that other person to sort of tell us like, it, it's okay. Like we need the masculine or we need the feminine to say like, I've got you, I can, I can hold you in this space. Um, so that feels really, really beautiful. I'm glad you have that with your husband. Right. That's actually something that is funny that, cause I'm working on that receiving aspect of the feminine, especially like being okay, receiving and um, having to do, do and just like be and just, mm-hmm. you know, what do I want to feel like today? What do I want to put calls to do right now to be the most person I can be in society, you know, to earn my value or whatever, but more like, I'm going to lay on the ground and we're going to see where it goes. <laughs> like, you know, yes. <laughs> and oh. then allow, allowing myself to receive, because you are so right. We have really been in that more masculine, that, especially like that product productivity piece. Um, mm-hmm. And thinking that, it's also like with the with success and like the definitions of success and I think all of that stuff is is shifting and changing and um yeah I do yeah I mean I definitely think it is and it's so and again with the balance and the yeah we're, we're coming to a really interesting transit with the Venus Sun superior conjunctions I don't know when this episode is going to be released but we're when we're next recording. week <laughs> okay great well right in time so that uh, October 22nd with the Sun and okay. Venus conjunct at 29 degrees Libra that's when we're going to be shifting from officially morning star into evening star like right now she's in her alchemical underworld where we're actually going through our whole creative process and our whole creative journey over the past nine months and kind of seeing like what has been working what have I released like okay something new is coming in but I want to make it really focused on on who I'm serving because it's going to be in Libra so we're, we're kind of shifting out from away from like me and what I want to create into we and how we are co-creating together and this is a natural process like we're not really supposed to be in the we all the time or in the me all the time but we have to be able to flow back and forth and so we're, we're in that shift right now and so um this is actually a beautiful time to kind of do that take that inventory of okay where do I need more support if if I'm not able from where I am right now like fully embracing where I am right now if I'm not able to create that safe space to be able to fall apart or to be able to uh, give myself permission to rest or whatever it is, or to lean into the feminine or to be in my magnetism, who who can I outsource to? Can I ask for help? Uh, and this is what I think the whole journey is all about. Like, I, I don't, I never feel like bad about myself if something's difficult for me, because I just realized, mm-hmm. oh, this has just been my conditioning. Like, this is what I was patterned into and epigenetically. And like for thousands of years, women were not allowed to rest 
in this way. And then I have yep. to go through my mindset work of like, oh, I'm a, I'm a person of privilege. Like I should be doing, doing, doing and giving, giving, giving all the time. But I don't think I'm helping anybody if I'm burnt out. So I, I do think it's, it's, it's this combination of reaching out to others, leaning in, allowing vulnerability, trusting so much. Um, I do have, I do have a question about these like transits. So you were talking about Venus, you know, and is that something that we would look at in our birth charts or just like in our chart with transits? So the like current transit conjunction, yeah, you would want to layer yeah. that on top of your own chart. So this would be a transit of, of Venus and sun right now. And um, this is kind of a, a conversation maybe for a whole other time, but <laughs> um, knowing where you are born in your own Venus cycle is so incredibly powerful for understanding your journey of the feminine. It's like okay. there's knowing your Venus star point, knowing... Um, kind of who's the meta goddess of the cycle that you're born into. So right now, for example, we're all working with the Capricorn meta goddess because that was where Venus formed her, the beginning of the cycle this past year in January, Venus and sun conjunct in Capricorn. So all of us are working with this Capricorn energy and Capricorn is a really loaded sign right now, especially we, if we kind of go back to that Pluto and Capricorn, Pluto south node in Capricorn, actually a bunch of the outer planets have their south node in Capricorn. And so a lot of people alive also are working with this heavy Capricorn energy, which is essentially, I would say, a reclaiming of, of the feminine as the structural integrity of society. Like, it's really interesting. If you listen around in different podcasts, we tend to associate Capricorn with the patriarchy, but Capricorn is a feminine sign. Capricorn by no means represents patriarchy. Capricorn is simply the structure of society, the structure of our reality, but it's been hijacked. So my husband's a Capricorn. So I'm just, exactly. I'm just, in awe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, we're reclaiming that. Like, if you mm -hmm. think about like the backbone of a society, what, what do you want to be the backbone of your society? That's really the question. Right. So it's not saying that it's bad or wrong. What it has been, it's just, there have been a series of choices and, you know, different stories that have happened and oppression and silencing mm -hmm. of wisdom and voices and things like that, that now we're just reclaiming that. So I really view it as a time of the wise woman um, reclaiming her, her role as wise elder and all of us sort of listening to that and saying like, yeah, what, what do I want to pass down to the next seven generations? And and then from that sort of place, like we're in the middle, we are this integration, integrating point between the seven generations before us and really beyond. Like we carry so much epigenetically that um, I, I really think compassion is the most necessary energy or, or yeah. sort of lens to look at uh -huh. everything coming up through because it's like, of course, we're where we are. <laughs> like if you look right. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, of course, this is happening. Of course, this is difficult. But if we could just like reclaim our our view of of Capricorn or what what the structure of society is, then I think that's where we start to make quantum leaps. So even all of these transits, like we're about to have this Venus Sun superior conjunction in Libra, but it's within the Capricorn cycle. So now we have even more information. We can look at both where we have Capricorn in our charts to see like this is what I am contributing to this sort of collective creative um, endeavor. And this is also maybe where I'm doing my deconditioning work in relation to what, what is the structure of society that I'd like to see? And then also Libra, where am I learning to listen more? And 
uh, who are my people? Like who, who are the most important people that I'm here to influence? Um, another way to say that might be divine appointments, um, karmic contracts, the, the people that I'm here to meet. And it's really interesting. Like you brought up earlier, the, um, the sort of shift into the lover archetype more, which is the superior conjunction does tend to emphasize that and Libra as, as the lover and like, what are your needs and how can we harmonize and, and balance right. between your desires and my desires and how can we work together? And, and so usually this is a great time to form any intentions around that. And it's almost like if you, if you put energy into embodying the lover during the evening star phase, so that's going to be um, until next summer, essentially, like she, okay. she's, this is going to rise as an evening star in December, beginning of December, then all the way through to next July, August, she'll be in that evening star until she starts a new cycle. So we've got this beautiful like nine month gestation portal of like, okay, I'm about to be reborn as a lover. <laughs> and so <laughs> pretend that it will happen because this is your perfect I love that. setup for it right now. Right. And I wonder, well, you kind of mentioned, you know, all the different, um, you know, just earlier thinking like, oh, I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm privileged or this or that I need to do these things and all these, there's so many layers right and there's like so much unraveling and it's interesting I mean you know so much about astrology and it's a must be interesting for you I'm assuming but it's interesting for me hearing about it like you're saying oh you're really set up to like go into this portal you know from December to summer well of course I am even not knowing like it makes sense so much sense you know and like I've really been working to integrate the feminine and masculine which we had touched on is connected with Mars uh, being in Gemini. So I just find it so funny. Like when I hear about these things and be like, oh, that makes complete sense. Yes. And it's almost, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, a, um, it's kind of like, it's like a little hug, you know, just like, yeah, you see, like it's a, it is a container in itself, you know, like you're, you're good. You're supported with what you're going through and everything is an opportunity. Like you were saying, like with retrogrades, it's like, for me, I view things as an opportunity, even obstacles an opportunity to learn something, to release something, to move through whatever needs to be moved through and, and also to receive and welcome in what needs to be welcomed in. So. Absolutely. We are so held. I, and I think that was one of my number one gifts that I received from embarking on this astrology journey was that like nothing is random. Like, yes, I, I still have choice and I have free will and I'm the one creating my reality, but I'm also held and I'm not doing it by myself and I'm guided. And it's kind of like, if you reach out, it's like that, that painting. And I don't remember who painted it, but it's so famous. You're going to know what I'm talking about. It's like the finger reaching out to the other finger in the cloud. <laughs> Do you know what I, you know what it is? It's like there's like I, angel from I'll the be googling, like, pulling it up. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost also like that roomy quote, like "What you seek is seeking you." It's like the minute that you reach out and say, "Venus, please help me embody the archetype of the lover," it will start to happen. It, it, it's so quick. It's like it's right there. It's right there, and all you have to do is ask. And I think that's also in the realm of coaching what we're continually reminding ourselves of it's like what we want is right there we just we just we just have to go do it we just have to go get it or we have to receive it like go get it is very masculine receive it is very feminine usually it's a mix of both like there's certain masculine things you have to do you have to take this action you got to go talk to this person you got to make a few phone calls you got to set up whatever system right but then you also have to be in that that frequency so it, and it's almost like if you know in your chart, like, oh, this is where my Venus is. This is the trajectory of my Venus. Even knowing the south node of your Venus and the north node of your Venus. Oh, this is what I'm good at. South node. This is what I'm leaning more into. North node. Um, 
and then do that also with Mars, south node of Mars, north node of Mars. Now you have a really solid indicator of like, this is how I attract and this is how I go get. And Ooh, okay. And now I can ask other people, like I can outsource. I, I don't have to do it all by myself, but I know what I'm good at. And it just makes it a lot easier to know, like we left ourselves this language. We, we left ourselves this map. Right. Would it be so damn frustrating? <laughs> Well, so for some of the listeners, they might not know. So the North Node, how I look at it, and please correct me um, if it's not right, is like where your soul wants to go. And then South Node is like what your soul's experienced a lot of before. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And and it's not about releasing the South Node of any planet. It's about integrating it in its highest form. So usually, so if we go back to like the lunar nodes, the lunar South Node tends to be our emotional attachments, like the ways that we understand and process emotionally. And so in order to almost come into a new way of living or creating we have to find new ways to emotionally process which is that north node of the moon and so then it becomes like we're creating space in our personality in our self-reflection in our self-image because that's the moon it's how we see ourselves so if we see ourselves differently well now all of a sudden we're attracting different things and so that tends to be it so if i give my own example like i have i have got my moon in aquarius so there's this energy of like vision and seeing the future really wanting to know a lot of information because the air sign then no wonder I landed in astrology right where it's like oh you could just learn forever it's like a portal rabbit hole right and then my south node is it never ends oh my gosh it (laughs) seriously never ends and so then then the south node comes in and I have got the south node in Virgo and that's very um needing to know the right answer or using my logical mind Mm -hmm. ruled by Mercury so my north node of my moon is Pisces which is leaning more into my emotions leaning more into my experience um leaning more into what I'm feeling and picking up intuitively so now I'm I'm on this journey of kind of releasing oh there needs to be a right answer and I'm leaning more into the experience in the present moment and then living more in present time consciousness so for me even if that's not something I'm telling everybody just in my daily life it's it's more just how I'm being and how I'm living and it changes my life like I release attachments like usually with the south node we tend to form a lot of attachments of how we think things should be or should mm. go, but it's, it's almost like a validation trap. It's like, oh, I was really good at that thing, but because I'm so good at it, I'm limiting myself. It's kind of like, I remember having these conversations with people around like, oh, are you more of a math person or like creative writing person? Cause for some reason that was a big split. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, you're really good at math, but you hate it. And it makes you feel drained. Well, why don't you try this? Oh, cause I'm not good at it. Well, it's like, well, if you tried it, maybe you'd get better at it. And it would feel mm-hmm. more fulfilling it's kind of or like, you'd love it even if you weren't you'd love good, it, at, good at it in quotes right like yeah exactly yeah and, so and I do notice like it's not always overnight but it's like if you endeavor into the north node placement something happens like you're rewarded in some way or you receive a new kind of validation that you're like oh I didn't even know I liked this like sometimes you don't even know what you're missing right. until you are in a new experience I know my, one of my big ones for me is a flow versus rigidity, Mm. but I need more flow and less rigidity in my life. So I thought I was like, oh yeah, that makes so much sense. And I definitely thought about that, especially like with my business too, you know, like I don't necessarily want everything planned out. You know, it's just not who I am, but then I'm like, well, shouldn't it be more planned out? Would I get more done if it's planned out? You know, and I'm just like, no, we're we're flowing here. Like even with some of these episodes, I'm thinking like, I should have planned more questions, but then I'm like, 
no. Like, we're not. We're practicing. You know, we're practicing. We're practicing. And it's a constant. It is a constant practice, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, Trying to embody that for me right now. And that sounds a lot like what I think a lot of people would connect with is that rigidity and flow is very Capricorn and Cancer, which is a, a big access for the whole collective right now so that rigidity and like holding on to the the tradition or what has created safety right Mm -hmm. past versus like oh I can be safe and flow like I can trust myself in this flow state because I think it also has to do with self-trust too it's like I don't have to to like hold on to this thing I notice a lot it happens for with people who tend toward um like you know really liking to make to-do lists I'm guilty of that um but it's like almost if I don't make the to-do list I'll hold it in my mind so for me the way I've sort of hacked it for me I'm like okay the minute that I write it on paper in a place that I know I'll eventually come back and look at it I can release it from my mind (laughs) now I don't have that mental that I'm carrying and I trust myself I'm going to come back to my desk (laughs) eventually and I'm going to see that to-do list and so I don't have to carry it and I think it's just like creating these creating these systems that help us rather than um, feeling stuck in in anything that we feel like we have to do or should do um, according to old paradigms. Right. I so love that you said carry it. I love how you phrase that. I've had a couple of interviews with Lily Sice and she's a anxiety coach Mm -hmm. and intrusive thoughts and talks all about that kind of stuff. OCD. Anyways, I remember after, I think maybe it was the first chat with her, I was out for a walk and, um, I came home and I come inside and I say to my husband, it's just really about trusting myself, Zach. I was like, I was like, knowing that I'll say the right thing at the right time, or if something happens, I'll do the right thing. I don't have to keep ruminating over the 50 possible options of what could happen, Yes. but just know that if I'm present, when they do happen, I can trust myself enough to know that I will do what I need to do in that moment or the, you know, the best I can at the time kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like investing your ability to respond. That actually exactly. reminds me too of A Course in Miracles. Have you spent any time with it? I, Marianne Williamson, is that who that is? She's a teacher of it. Um, yeah. it's, it's a really okay. great book and it has daily practices and, um, one of them is centered around kind of mistakes and also releasing our connection to what we think a mistake is. Like, so we all make, mm. errors, but the biggest mistake around mistakes is like ruminating on the error. Like it's yes. like, just stop. <laughs> yes. That was the episode I posted yesterday. Rumination. I was like the rumination. It's like, oh my gosh. Or even like you're talking about to-do lists and I'm just thinking like, you know, I'm thinking I'm laying in bed at night going, okay, I need to edit the podcast episode. I need to make this for, I need to do that. I need to do this, send this, do that. Please no, please stop. You know, so that's kind of where yesterday in this, um, the, the, the workshop I was in with Mel Wells, it was about, you know, activating and awakening the feminine magnetism, your feminine magnetism. And she said, she said, body before focus more on being and body before business. And it's so, again, so funny how all these things connect because um, beginning of this month, I was guided, you know, by spirit. They were, my guides were like, you need to have a set schedule for your meals. You need to have a set bedtime, you, you know, and make sure you're eating every, you know, two, three hours or whatever. And they like had me on this schedule and like moving at this time or whatever. And I, I find it focusing on my body, essentially caring for my body before my business. And I think that is, um, that has been huge. And it was just so funny that it came up again yesterday. (laughs) And I'm just like, it's always so hilarious to me. Everything connects, everything's connected. And that's everything too, leaning into the feminine. And I was thinking too, like 
oh, those times in your lying awake at night, thinking about the to-do list, like what is it that we can do in those moments? That's like compassionate for where we are. So it's that like embracing yep. what we don't want to embrace. But so is there like a physical tool? Like I know for me, I I'm really able to quantum shift into different worldviews when I light a candle. Like, I don't know what it is exactly. I think maybe because yeah. I have a fair bit of fire in my chart, but I feel like when I'm lighting a candle or when I'm doing like any, even pulling some tarot cards or waking up and making a tea, like I'll just get out of bed and I'm like, oh, screw this. Like, I'm not staying here torturing <laughs> myself. I might as well just get up, you know, and just change the energy because that's the invitation. Right. So even right. it's like, oh, do I really need to be asleep in this particular moment. Like I could just get up, do the thing. Right. My mind wants to process something or my body wants to move or do something. I can just go wake up and allow that and then come back to sleep and trust that I'm going to have enough sleep. Cause sometimes I notice like, Oh, I'll get worried. I'm like, Oh, if I don't have enough sleep, I'm going to like be <laughs> tired tomorrow. But it's like, no, like we're, we're alive 24 hours of the day. Like we're always alive. Right. Always yep. doing something with our energy. So I think it's like finding those those compassionate ways of being with ourselves that mm -hmm. support what we need in the moment. It's like in this moment, yeah, I had this plan to do this whole, like write seven pages of my, whatever I'm doing, <laughs> but I just want to take a nap right now. Exactly. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, I was just thinking like, what is it that wants to be embodied or expressed in around all of this? And Something that I think of with the feminine in general is that the feminine can hold space for the whole range of emotions, like the whole everything. And sometimes in order to get to that, that place of, oh, I want to be in like bliss. I, I want to be in, in my ecstasy. Like I want to be in the place that feels good in my flow state, you know, but it's like sometimes to, to get there, it's like, we got to go through this, like, oh, this part does not feel great. Yep. Why yeah, that's that kind of where I am. I don't know if I can swim there, but <laughs> you can. <laughs> yeah. Really and I notice, especially for, for people who are working on the feminine embodiment journey, there is, there is pain and understanding pain is, I think one of the things in our culture that we've, we've got a lot of fun work to do because we've, we've pathologized pain even, and right. like do everything that we possibly can to avoid it right? And then it creates all of these yeah. other issues. So I feel like right. that's also part of what the feminine is doing is like, how do we hold this in a new way? Not saying that we want right. to further the pain, but it's, I, I almost view it as there's this great um, poet, spiritual teacher. I have his book. It's by Jeff Foster. It's called You Were Never Broken. But he, okay. in some of the beginning pages, like it's a book of poetry, which is really great. He, he focuses a lot on um, like doing work with people who are depressed or like suicidal ideation kind of things. And uh, it's called Poems to Save Your Life. And it's just really excellent. But in the first few pages, he talks about how meditation is simply embracing what doesn't want to be embraced. And to me, that is just so genius. Like it, it landed in me in such a way that I was like, yeah, <laughs> isn't that nice. what being enlightened is? It's like embracing life as it is. <laughs> All these things that I'm like, I wish this was different. And then, it, and then it also comes into that like serenity prayer, which I know a lot of us know, or like know certain renditions of it's like, yeah. Grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I also feel like that's feminine wisdom. Right. There's just right. And so, well, and so much yeah. in that is just giving yourself grace. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And even like allowing yourself to receive it, you know. And I love how you talked about just getting up 
and going and doing something else or even just for me moving to a different room sometimes I'll do that yeah yeah totally right and it is funny because it's it is like an ebb and flow and a balance some days I'm like hey it's been a while since I've slept I know I'll sleep again and also some days it's like why I want to sleep you know what I mean because especially where I'm based on where I am in my cycle and when I realized that I was like oh okay like it makes complete sense something Um, I feel like I really need to do more of is is purposefully schedule unstructured time because like I'll do it I'm just thinking about that. doing that like on the daily like I'll give myself like an hour break or something or I'll make sure like I don't schedule calls until after certain times so I could do my morning practice but sometimes I'm like I need a whole week I think that's too like even like a big part of integrating the feminine is just to have that the white space just that there's nothing planned there and just do whatever feels good then yeah yeah for sure what, I, maybe not even good maybe just whatever feels what you're called to do yeah exactly and I, bathroom, I, it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> exactly I almost feel like that the fact that there's less of that sort of built into our society is, is probably it probably contributes to a lot of the pain that I think women right. go through especially like especially women in the working like nine to five world right. where I mean I'm so blessed and to have created a life and have been able to create a life where I can make my own schedule but I know that's not the reality for for yeah. everybody so what what do you do when you're in a sort of in a bind and like oh I have got to do this thing I have a deadline I have I have to be productive when I'm like really I'd like to just rest and then so what are the things that we could do and I think even coming back into the chart it's like there's always a way to do the archetype, but you could turn up and down the intensity of it. So say, for example, mm. the archetype of Capricorn is really about holding a lot, holding space, being responsible, being the one who creates the structure. It's like, there's a way to create the structure, but not do it all for everybody. It's like, there's, that's right. where we become wise and we delegate and we're like, oh, I've got, I know what needs to be done. I'm going to enlist help rather than feel like I have to do it all by myself. I feel like that's where we can kind of put in these like micro life hacks that make the hard things doable mm-hmm. and also kind of leaning back into that relational aspect. Like I, I always love thinking about, um, and maybe this is romanticized, but I have some um, indigenous um, in my lineage and I think about it a lot. I feel like there's so many native American spirits always working with me and my, you know, my grandmothers and things like that. And they're always telling me like, it's, it's not about what you're able to do by yourself. It's, it's about creating relationship and everything is about relationship. And even um, studying some of the different groups, it was that the circle of grandmothers that would create, that would really be raising everybody, young men and women, they would raise everybody so that everybody had this sort of base level uh, relational awareness. And then when it was time to like go off and hunt or like go off and like do their purpose in a different way, then they would maybe lean more into the masculine. But it almost seems like everybody needs to be kind of cradled in that feminine up until like puberty, like up until age 12, which is really interesting. Like in, in our charts where we have our moon, that tends to be the energy that we embody up until puberty really strong. And then we start to come into our sun and then we start to come into the other planets, but I'm kind of sensing into like was there something maybe that I didn't receive in that space in my childhood that no, maybe I need to go and outsource that as an adult because maybe I didn't receive something that would have made me feel more secure and more safe to now do my purpose in a way that is balanced and harmonious. Like there's, there's so many ways, like I'm, I'm such a fan of recapitulation and I can definitely sense myself going off on a tangent here. So circling back, keep going. <laughs> Like coming back to, to the grandmothers, like there's, there's something I think that we're reclaiming in that, um, 
that it's about relationship, like every single company, every corporation, everything that we're creating mm-hmm. in society, like what else is it for really? Like, if right. We, exactly. I was like, what's the point of any of this, right? Is it so that we can create this gadget? Like, not really. Like if we have the relationships and the community that we need, we don't even need that gadget. So I think a lot of it is, is perspective shifting and that even though um, it's hard because it's kind of, it's kind of fringe to say things like that, you know? <laughs> Please say it. Please say it on here. That's what, that's what we're all about. <laughs> I mean, I know everybody listening to this is going to be like, yeah, we know, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still like, it's still hard, you know? And No, totally. Yeah. Or even yeah. just to say like, because yes, I, I understand I know what you're saying. Like, you know, you've created this life where you get to stay home, but like you're saying, not every, not every woman's like today. I was like, I'm not working tomorrow. I'm going to do nothing. It's, you know, it's the second day of my cycle and I'm just not going to do anything. Not everyone can say that. And so but it's also like giving our own selves permission in a, in a culture that doesn't allow us to say it, you know, and I see it more and more where we are doing those things, where we are looking to astrology, where we are, you know, doing human design and we're trying to integrate these pieces of ourselves that we've almost forgotten. I mean, cause we are here to re-remember, you know, we forget at birth and then we have to remember again. And so, um, and that's like what you I said we for it's exactly it's yeah remember it again and and also like have again that gentleness and that compassion with ourselves like well mm-hmm. yeah I needed to sometimes go through x y and z not from a like a karmic punishment thing I'm really no, no. how I view it at all but more like uh Jeffrey Wolf Green and the evolutionary astrology paradigm he talks about this a lot it's like evolutionary necessity like if I came here to learn unconditional love maybe I had to learn what conditional love looks like first exactly yep but things like that. If I came here to be a liberator in the system, maybe I needed to know what repression and oppression looked like. If I if I came here to learn self-trust, maybe I needed to learn betrayal, like all of these different sort of polarities and dualities. So it's, it's almost like we're we're shown that in our charts. Like you can see your your dualities and your polarities, the things that are hard, things that you're here to overcome. And then what are also the gifts and the superpowers and um, so there's, it, it's great to start with like the, the lunar nodes and North and South node, because that's the closest to our, uh, to ourselves. But then once you're ready, you're like, oh, okay, every single one of my planets has this trajectory. Then you can start to lean into like, okay, this is where I'm going with this planet. Um, right. this is where I am right now. This is what I'm integrating. And, and it's kind of, <laughs> so much is coming in right now, but it's like that Abraham Hicks quote. It's like, you never get it done and you can't get it wrong. Something like that. And, and it's just like right. that. I think with, with our, with the archetypes, like nothing is a box. There's not like, oh, I completed that archetype check. Yep. <laughs> it's like, no, we're doing it forever. Really. Well, it's this- like, even with the North and South nodes, it's not about abandoning your South node. Like you were saying. Yeah. It's, it's about finding these, um, how much more love can I bring to this place? How much more awareness? Yeah bring to this place and we're also uh evolving these archetypes through what we decide to do with them through what we decide to embody so even in your embodiment of the feminine and all of our embodiments of the feminine it's like well what am I contributing to this field it's kind of like that what I heal and clear for myself I heal and clear for the world it's the same Mm -hmm. with embodiment like what I can embody the level of pleasure I can embody the level of joy that I can embody like that helps other people embody that so there's I feel like there's something to just recognizing that like in our day-to-day lives it's not always going to be seen, which I think is tends to be a little bit more of masculine energy. Like you're creating something to be put out in the world that everybody's going to see, like 
applaud or congratulate or whatever. It's not always about being productive, but it's like who you're being like, oh, I am a happy, joyful, embodied person. And everybody in my field is going to get to have some of that. That's the feminine. But it could be even like I'm having a shitty day and I still love myself through it. That's also the feminine. Exactly. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So right now we're in the, the Capricorn Venus cycle, but then next year in the summer, we're going to shift into the Leo cycle. So for 19 months um, from next August on, um, we're going to be working all of us with this sort of internal validation of our own creative process. And that's going to be really fascinating. And so for everybody, like knowing what part of the cycle you're born into, it doesn't mean that the other parts are not important because so for Venus, she has such a beautiful journey. Like she starts in the crown in her morning star descent. And then she goes through all of the chakras and she'll help us heal and clear like what is blocking us from our creative potential in all of these different parts of our body and our energy centers. And then she'll spend some time in, in, in a different version of the underworld or the other world where she's in this sort of death by intent, which is where we are right now at the time that we're recording this. Like we've just spent the night past nine months going through all the chakras healing and clearing all of the illusions and falsehoods around our creative journey but then now we're about to reascend this will be in december of 2022 we'll reascend upwards through the chakras so then we'll start at the root and then eventually the crown so we all of us do this process but there will be a time that we were born during the process of at the time that we were born obviously and that will be sort of like where we have a little bit extra, like we have a little bit extra stickiness or like resonance too. And then that tends to be um, usually what's more difficult for us in our creative process. But then it's like anything, when whatever we find difficult, we tend to reach out for those kinds of tools and then we become masters of it. Mm-hmm. So yep. it, like knowing where you have your Venus. And I do actually have resources for that on my website. So people can go on and see at the very least like what uh, Venus metagoddess or Venus cycle that you're born into. And then I have okay. some on that. So all you need to know actually um, to access this layer of information is your birthday and like where you're born, not even the time. Like you don't even need the chart to see oh. this um, because okay. it's a 19 month cycle. So you're just kind of right. like, which one am I in, which one am I born into? And then there's deeper that you can go. Like if you wanted to find out your Venus gate or like what chakra you're born into, not everybody's born in sh- into a chakra. Like you are not because you were born at the morning star rise, but like, so um, everybody could be born either during an underworld morning star, evening star rise or into a chakra. But knowing that information, you do need to have your, your natal chart. And um, there's a lot of uh, good information out there. That's also something I focus on in readings too. And I just find it's so helpful to know like, oh yes, this is what I'm healing and clearing for life. And this is also what I become good at helping other people heal and clear and embody. And it just right. makes the creative journey so much more enjoyable. Right. And- well, yes, I know. I totally agree. Well, I'm surprised at the time. Um, and I just want to thank you so much for coming on. If you have anything else you want to add, please do. Well, this was just such a joy to talk about. I really love um, just how you brought that integrating divine feminine and divine masculine together. I feel like that's everything. I feel like for the collective, that's where we are in our evolution. Like we've had to do so much work healing and clearing it in the, and reclaiming in the feminine and, and in healing in the masculine that now we're just at this beautiful juncture of like, it, it's time to come together. It's time to reunite and, and really find our people, find our tribes, know our gifts, know, know what we're good at, know what we're here to share. And I just love how much astrology can help us do that. So that's what I'm all about. That's, that's what I do. That's what I'm here for. 
<laughs> I'm here to talk about it. I, I just thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's really, really an honor to share. Ah, oh, thank you. I've loved having you on. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that you absolutely loved this episode. As always, you can connect with me on Instagram at A Nourishing Place. I would love to hear your biggest takeaways. You can also find me online at www.anourishingplace.com. Let me know what you think and what you'd like to hear.